This is the STRU podcast. Um, I am here with the Mr. Richard Fertig. How are you feeling? I'm feeling strong. It's been a great day. Yeah? Absolutely. Tons of great content coming to the audience for everybody. Awesome. And then uh, really pleased. Uh, got some great news. My eldest daughter got into her first choice school. So Woo-hoo! we are celebrating that. It's fantastic. Amazing. So proud of her. Smarty pants. A uh, little bit, a little bit. So, uh, closing out 2019 with a bang, <laughs> right? That's, it's been a great, it's been a great close. Um, really excited to spend the next few days with you in in Miami. A little bit more sun. Get a lot of work done. We have a ton of content and announcements that are coming towards the short-term rental university entrepreneurs and hosts and things that we've created, tools, uh, content, and just you know getting it all together on the calendar with release in orderly fashion. And then I'm really excited to uh, host our children in Jackson Hole for a couple of days, go skiing uh, before 18th Christmas. Birthday. 18th birthday. The, uh, my daughter who got into her first choice school is turning 18. And all three of my daughters are coming to Jackson for a couple of days of skiing. They're bringing, one of them's bringing a friend. Um, and, you know, I love skiing, so I'm really excited about ski season. Yeah, looking forward to the girls coming and um, playing in the snow and seeing the puppies and Christmas and um, yeah, just having to change of clothes. <laughs> it's only been it's only been five short months on the road. I'm not sure what the problem is, you know. <laughs> no problem. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and then let's see what else. Um, Going to visit your folks. I know! And then going to California and um, going to see Dad's um, STR. Right, that's amazing, right? So, yeah, thanks to you. Thank well, you, thank you. not thanks to me. He did all the work. But um, I'm very pleased that he found our channel through <laughs> worrying that you were dating some <laughs> crazy guy who was like, taking you all around the world. Right. Um, he started to you know, snoop around short-term rental university. And lo and behold, there was some content that gripped his attention and mm-hmm. paid attention and asked a bunch of questions and yeah. really got after it. Absolutely. Like, with and, you know, did all sorts of really interesting um, techniques with some refinancing and some cash out and moving some things around and found himself long his dream home where your entire family can come and spend time with him, which is his dream, which is amazing. Yeah, it truly is. It's in direct alignment with his why. And so it's been really, really fun. I mean, it was really, um, I mean, I'm super grateful that he's such a great and, you know, loving, you know, dad that he wanted to kind of stalk you out a little bit and came across the YouTube videos. And then um, our first visit to, to, to see him, I mean, it was great. I think he, it just sparked conversation and he had a really, um, it really changed, I think in a number of different ways, his perspective on, and his idea of what purchasing a second home, having an STR, you know, and, and not have, and kind of, you know, do- dipping his toe and really, well, dipping his toe into retirement, but having a very different picture as to what that looks like um, and not having to choose this, this, or this, you know? And in fact, you know, the STR done properly can feed, you know, travel and feed, you know, some um, hobbies and spending time with my stepmom and and giving them a freedom that I think in retirement he was kind of afraid he wasn't going to have. And so, um, yeah, it's... you know, going going to California, seeing the entire family, everybody being under one roof. It's, um, I mean, it's obviously celebratory because it's the holiday season, but celebratory for a number of other reasons as well. So and I know I'm psyched. I can't thank wait. you. <laughs> <laughs> I know that that's true. Thank you. It's completely true. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be fantastic. And, yeah, it is really fun. I mean, I have to say, I'm not sure outside of his grandchildren. I don't know that I've ever seen my dad so excited about anything. I mean, he's just dove in like 150 percent and buying this and 
you know, asking questions about that and researching this. And I think he, it's getting his brain working and he's kind of investigating and, and um, educating on himself um, in an area that was foreign to begin with. He's just learning a new, learning a new lane and, um, and educating himself and asking questions. And um, it's just been really fun to see him so fired up. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, he's really excited and it, it's, it's really cool for me because so much of the content that we produce, it's one to many and I don't get to see the results. I mean, I get feedback from emails and uh, comments in Facebook and I so appreciate it, but that fuels and feeds us to do more and better and so on. But now there's like a, a real face and a real person and a real family and, you know, like it's very personal all of a sudden. Right. Um, and so like this is fantastic to watch and so happy to be a part of it again you know kudos to him and yeah. uh, his wife they did all the hard work i really just maybe was the inspiration but other than that um they did it all but what's actually really cool um for me as we start to develop additional content for the stru audience is we're using some of the ideas and concepts that we'll preview right now uh, we're putting together a free membership for everybody and it's basically a curated list we've have 450 YouTube videos that Charles and I have made over the last three years and we're taking basically the best of the best We're creating a curated playlist. We have an app. It's kind of like the Netflix um, App uh, you can watch it on Apple TV. You can watch it on Roku You can watch it on your phone on the app But it's gonna be a curated playlist and it's gonna be a free membership for people that want to get started or meet them wherever they are in their journey where we've cherry-picked the content by strategy by where they are in their journey. And so we started putting that together for your dad to get him up to speed. And I'm really eager and excited to get his feedback in just a couple of weeks about, you know, which videos he found helpful and which weren't. And um, I can't wait to release it to everybody listening. And if you guys, I don't know how this podcast thing works. It's not really my medium. <laughs> but if you can comment or email, you know, get on our email list and let us know that you want uh, to participate. It's on www.str.university. On the homepage, you'll get an email uh, prompt if you want to join, and we'll notify you when that's available. But I awesome. think that's going to be a game changer, and it's going to move Huge. the needle because sorting through 450 videos on YouTube is daunting and time-consuming, and so people miss a lot. Right. And we want to make sure it's kind of like the best of. Right. Right? Yeah. Well, and it's been really cool because it's, um, I mean, he's asked the questions of a true newbie, right? Like, yeah. how should I direct, um, you know, how should I find the right photographer? How should I direct him? How do I figure out, you know, what thumbnail to use? Um, you know, that from, you know, mattresses to linens. And, to, I mean, all of the... And what's amazing is we already have right. the vast majority of those questions answered right. in multiple videos. And now we're condensing it down and giving a, a curated plays list, which awesome. answers not only his questions, but huge. everybody else's, right? Right. Um, so we're really excited about that. Right. So it's awesome. He's, he's a true freshman, right? Freshman in the, at the University of STR. STR University <laughs> freshman class. That's right. That's right. So lots of great things happening around the holidays. And we, totally. wish, we wish all of the listeners. Oh, my goodness. And viewers. We got Charles behind the camera over there tonight. That's right. Chuck Most. Um, so we wish all the viewers and listeners the happiest of holidays. And mm -hmm. um, love, friendship, family, health. It's amazing. Absolutely. A great time Abundance. of the year. Right. Abundance. I love that word. Yes. Um, Speaking of abundance, we just finished up with Tony Robbins' Date with Destiny. That's we did. what brought us to West Palm. Yep. Uh, second time we've done this now in uh, 2019, we went to Australia. Yes. You know, we've been on a whirlwind tour for <laughs> literally all of 2019. We've been you home for like again. a minute. A minute, right. Um, but we've been on the road and, and uh, I think it's been really helpful for both of us. Mm -hmm. You know, we spent 24 hours a day, seven days a week, literally. Um, so I think it's been great for us as a relationship, but also great individually to get creativity and inspiration and dialed into what the future looks like and what we want to do. And I'm really excited in 2020 to like put it into action. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like um, it's been an incredible blessing and I'm so grateful because the education that I've received over the past eight months in so many different areas um, has just been 
Well, it's been world class. <laughs> Literally world class. <laughs> it's been incredible. Um, and so, you know, thank you, you know, for that. But it's, I'm really, really excited to establish, I guess, a sense of application mm -hmm. and consistency. And really, I mean, that's where I think it'll be really evident how much I've learned and how much I need to practice and what areas I need to practice in. And um, I mean, some of those are, are evident to me, but I think they'll become even more, even more so. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. I mean, I, I truly believe the best is yet to come. Oh, there's no doubt about it. If we, <laughs> we don't just say things, like right? it's, all, it's all truthful. Right. Um, but maybe we should speak a little bit about our last five months in our journey and where we've been and what we've done. And Sure, where so would you on. like to start? I don't know. I mean, should I just <laughs> maybe start with like an overview of our travel? And then I think what would be interesting is if we discuss maybe some of the highlights. Um, Absolutely. From a hospitality, lodging, hosting perspective, because we've been on the road for... Well, and guest perspective. Yeah, right. exactly. Just like right. as a guest, what did we like? What didn't we like mm -hmm. in some of the best hotels in the world and some of the best Airbnbs um, and some of the not so best hotels in the world and definitely some of the not best Airbnbs. Sure. Great um, idea. All right. So let me just read through here. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a long list because <laughs> we've literally been on the road nonstop since right. July. Um and so we, we left Jackson Hole. Mm -hmm. We went to Nashville, where we did Nashville Live for the yes. first time. From Nashville, we went to New York City um, for a couple of days, picked up my children, and then we all flew to Bali. Uh, we were there for about 14 days or so. Amazing. And then from Bali, we took the girls to boarding school. Mm -hmm. From boarding school, we went down to Nosara, Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. We spent a little over a month there. And then from Costa Rica, we went to San Diego, attended the Tony Robbins Leadership Conference. Uh, we went directly from San Diego to Portland, Oregon, where we did that fantastic yeah. photo shoot, which is actually the thumbnail for the podcast. So mm -hmm. that's my friend, Adam Levy. Quick shout out to my high school buddy, Adam Levy, who is Brilliant. a professional photographer and works with the likes of like Nike and Adidas. So and talented. Unbelievable. So right. thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Um, and we went from Portland, Oregon, back to the East Coast for parents visiting day at boarding school. Mm -hmm. And then all the way back to the West Coast, we stopped in Seattle for lunch mm -hmm. on our way to Hawaii, mm -hmm. uh, where we did some incredible things. We went to um, Maui, the Big Island, and uh, Kauai. And then from there, we went back to Miami. Uh, and from Miami, we went to New York for a couple of days. We did the BDNY yes. furniture show where we bought yes. all of the furniture for uh, the Outer Banks project. And then from there, we went, um, let's see, where did we go? From New York City back to Miami, and then Miami to Palm Springs for Thanksgiving, and then Palm Springs to West Palm. And then tomorrow, we go from West Palm to Miami, and then next week back to Jackson. Yep. So there's a couple of, uh, and believe it or not, that's shy. A couple of stops. Um, there was, I didn't, I don't recall hearing you say that we were in the OBX. We were in the OBX. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we were up in Northern California. That's right. Yeah. See, I only have like the flights on my app. <laughs> so anything that's, you know, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So there's a couple of shop stops in there that we didn't include, yeah. but absolutely amazing. Incredible. So what, what, uh, what, locations from a lodging perspective did you think were really interesting for our listening audience in terms of what did hosts or hotels do really well let's start with the things that people did really well so i am a huge um a huge i guess advocate of aesthetics i mean i huge fan i mean that is incredibly um that can make or break um, an experience for me. Um, and so what I, the, my favorite Airbnbs, as well as I would say my favorite, um, hotels, the design, uh, the interiors that all participates are in my, my experience, my experience of the property, my experience of the visit, my experience of the stay. Um, so you're design oriented. Yes, absolutely. And you like things that are what? Different. <laughs> Unique. Unique, absolutely. Um, I would say special. even towards bold. Absolutely. You're, you're not a quiet design. 
No. Right. No, I don't. I, I'm, I'm the opposite of beige. Right. I'm the opposite of beige. So a couple of my favorite hotels, I mean, I absolutely love the, you know, Morabito hotels um, in Bali. But here in the States, I mean, I loved uh, the Parker. I love... The Parker in Palm Springs. The Parker in Palm Beautiful Springs. Beautiful hotel. Absolutely. The Woodlark. In Portland. Um, in Portland. Oh my gosh. I mean, I absolutely loved um, love that. I really liked the public in New York. Um, Gramercy Park Hotel. Oh yeah. <laughs> loved. That's loved. a good one, it's right? It's a good one. It's a very, very good one. So, and those are all different. I mean, there's nothing beige in any of those, um, in any of those hotels. And so that very much, um, it, I find it inspiring. I find it, um, it just, it alivens my senses. Yeah. And I, I would say that, um, I very much respond to design and also, you know, in picking these hotels and generally it's me who's picking them. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I like to be inspired in the creativity and the design and pushing the bounds. And as we research design aesthetic for the Outer Banks project and Nosara and so on, you know, I very much view this as research and development. I don't view this as, as a luxury and I'm very grateful, don't get me wrong. Right. I don't take it for granted. But as much as we enjoy it, there's also an element of like, this is the line of work that right. we are in and it's important for us to experience it and experience also the hospitality. So we didn't speak about any of the Airbnbs, right. which are a little bit different, but um, I learn an awful lot from the Airbnbs. I learn an awful lot from the hotels and then right. I take the best of all worlds and that's helps shape the content that we create and also the Airbnbs and the developments that we produce, right? Right. And so what I will also say is to that point, um, I feel like at least with the hotels that we stayed at that I referenced, um, if they care enough to have the, the aesthetics, the design, the style, the, um, if they've gone so far to make um, the property beautiful and a standout their hospitality and their service does the same it follows suit it complements that it's true to that um it's for example it's not like we walked to the or we you know we visited the woodlark in portland and the customer service and the experience of it was fell short that's quite the opposite. I mean, <laughs> because we were there for a photo shoot, I mean, we had FedEx boxes and, you know, things were coming in and going out. We didn't and get FedEx boxes. We got like <laughs> FedEx trolleys, you know, rolling in. We were on the road right. for five months, so we right. leaned heavily on the services of Federal Express and right. so on to, to change clothing and so on. And right. And, the, and so what I will say is, I mean, the customer service and the front desk staff and the bellman and you know like they were just so incredibly hospitable and warm and wanting to help and went the extra mile and um and, and can i just interrupt you for one second please. about that because i think the goodwill that they built mm -hmm. as a result of this really cool design and we really enjoyed being there and interacting and then as you indicated the hospitality that they showed us was remarkable so they built mm -hmm. up an awful lot of goodwill right and where that matters as a host is then there was nothing that they could do about it. But if you recall, the Ritz-Carlton is building um, a hotel yes. directly across the street and they were doing construction all night long, right? So like we could hear the construction and like, I don't know, the jackhammers or the drills or whatever, uh, didn't get the best sleep. And normally that would be the kind of thing where, you know, I think guests would be irate or ask for their money back or deposit or whatever. Right. Um, and I wouldn't say that we welcomed it. It was definitely uh, an intrusion and not a positive thing. Right. But we were kind of like, well, there's not much that they can do. It's under construction. They can't help it. Right. And we almost like empathize with them. Like, oh, this is such a terrible thing to affect their business. Right. And I think that the message there for hosts are, you know, build your goodwill in whatever capacity you can, whether it's through your hospitality or your design or your communication or make people feel really comfortable because then if something right. happens... 
you can recover from it really quickly. Well, exactly. And that's not what that's not your takeaway. So for you didn't example, even remember. I didn't even remember. I know. I didn't even recall. What I remembered was the flower stand as you walk in the door and the fact that I didn't have to touch a door the entire, you know, time that we were. I am such there. a gentleman. You really I are. know. Only at the Woodlark though. <laughs> <laughs> And just how incredibly kind and um, efficient and helpful, you know, they were with, you know, what was a huge project, you know, bringing in everything and then sending everything out was as we departed. And they were so helpful as far as, you know, pointing us in the right direction as far as uh, restaurants were concerned. And um, so that, yeah, I mean, my recollection of our stay there, I didn't even remember. Right. Didn't even remember the, the construction. So that's when you know you've done something right. And what about on the Airbnb side? Are there exceptional Airbnbs that you recall? Yeah, I would say so. Absolutely. I would say the majority, you know, I would say the majority of the Airbnbs that we stayed in were, were great. Um, my two favorites were the one, um, let's see. Well, so I would say, I think there's, so I'll do a top three. How about that? So the one in Palm Springs that we stayed in over Thanksgiving, I thought was absolutely beautiful. Um, I love the one that we stayed in, um, in, um, Hawaii. The The last one we stayed in, the coffee cottage. And then... Um, I will say that there was uh, an Airbnb. It was one of the first that we stayed in that was in Nosara. Right, in Ostianal. Yes. Yeah, so those right. were my top three. Oh, you're right. We are missing some more trips. Then we also went to the Hamptons, <laughs> and then we went to Cape oh Cod, and That's Martha's right. Vineyard. And, oh, you know, shoot. Well, yeah, then, just... okay, yeah. And then there was another, yeah, I actually, um, the Airbnb that we stayed in in uh, Sag Harbor, I actually very much enjoyed um, as well. Uh, for similar reasons as, as to why I enjoyed, um, the hotels. I mean, I think they were all very comfortable and all very warm. And, um, I felt like, you know, they're just all needs were met. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more critical only because I think that's where maybe some lessons are for the audience. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm a really happy go lucky, like roll with the punches kind of guy. But at the same time, being a content creator for hosts and aspiring right. hosts, it's right. really important that we drill down a little bit. And what I would say is I absolutely loved all of the Airbnbs that you mentioned, but interestingly, um, there was some mismatch between the Airbnb and say the host. There was only one where I found the Airbnb was of superior quality and the host was also <laughs> of superior quality. Right. And we showcased her from the Kona um, coffee plantation in Hawaii. And mm-hmm. that's why we actually had her on the YouTube channel. If you haven't watched that, go check that video out. We interviewed her. Um, but in each of the other cases, like the, the property itself and the location and the Airbnb right. physically was amazing. But I thought that the host and their hospitality had room for improvement. And I think that that's an area for improvement Airbnb and short-term rentals in general is bringing up not only the quality of the lodging itself, but also the hosting experience to standards that meet some of the hotels that you mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. So even though um, the experience is wonderful and we make do and we don't hold them to the same standards as say um, the Ritz-Carlton Hotel or the Parker Hotel, um, there's a big step down, whether it's that they're too direct and forthright in their communication. And even though they're using nice, friendly words, it's like intrusive, you know, bombarding right. you like nonstop, answer my question, answer my question. And, right. or, um, you know, treating us like we're almost lying, you know, like how many of you are there and you have to check in with me right. and I need to see well, you, you re- and how many people are coming. And there was and- the host that, uh, literally, I mean, we pulled into, um, our Airbnb at like one o'clock in the morning and he was out on the front lawn. Right. Waiting for us. <laughs> And yeah, right. Counting and, heads. <laughs> yeah, because he was worried that we were more than two people and right. we wasn't going to collect the extra person charge. Um, right. And then, you know, it's one in the morning. We've been traveling all night. We just want to take our luggage and go upstairs and get a good night's sleep. And it's not really, you know, the time to make small talk and right. tell them where we're coming from and all that. You know, like maybe in the afternoon we'd want to spend a short period of time. 
but certainly at one in the morning, we want to spend a shorter period of time, Agreed. right? And there was like no recognizing or empathy of how far we've traveled and that we just got here at one in the right. morning. It was all about counting the heads and making sure that we weren't violating the house rules. And, right. you know, that's where that 360 hospitality knowledge and awareness is lacking in some hosts. Agreed. And hopefully through this podcast and through the YouTube channel and our Facebook group um, and the forthcoming membership, there'll be a lot of people that are advancing at rapid rates to bring the entire Airbnb and short-term rental platform to the next level because right. that's happening and it's happening really quickly, right? right. So people are going to either participate in that movement right. or they're going to get left behind. Right. But right. there's no doubt that that must improve. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I totally so, agree. Um, let's see. And what about some things that you didn't like either in hotels or Airbnbs? Um, you know, I think that, um, one of the things, and it, it definitely sticks out cause it's pretty recent, but, um, one of the most recent Airbnbs that we stayed in was in a gated community. Right. And it, um, it was, it was really quite a hassle. <laughs> I mean, um, we didn't rent a vehicle, you know, so we were relying on Uber and we, so, but we didn't have any kind of a, go, a code to access the gate. We didn't, there wasn't any way to get in and out freely without going all the way around to the front where we had to, um, you know, there was a 24 seven guard and it just felt, um, it was just impactful. It was an inconvenience. Um, and I, that I wasn't aware or prepared for that going in. Um, and I think that uh, it, it, it was unfortunate. And um, and then, you know, the Airbnb it, itself was, it was fine. And literally, it was fine. <laughs> right, but I would say it was probably the least nice Airbnb you and I have ever stayed in Correct. and possibly I've ever stayed in. I don't, you know, I don't recall, yeah. but I think, I think one point true. of clarification on the, on the gate um, and the gated community was that, you know, it was really, again, like no hospitality, no understanding right. the different guards. Some of us could, some of them could find us in the computer. Others right. couldn't, right. some would open the gate without us showing IDs. Others would take our ID and then look in the computer <laughs> and take five minutes while we're sitting in the Uber waiting to get in. Right. Uh, the, the, if you had a car and you had passes, the pass was only good for 24 hours. Like right. once again, it was all this concept of like people taking advantage and nobody right. being honest and nobody being trustworthy and i understand the point of a gated community and increasing safety but there's safety and then there's being like not nice right right and right. and i don't know that they were providing safety as much as they were definitely providing not nice right and so what i really found and i don't you know i don't know if this was true for you but what i really found is I was really picky because it was such an ordeal to leave the premises and enter back in. Um, I was less, um, less enthusiastic about leaving. It was kind of like, well, do I really want to? Right. <laughs> is, it, is it worth it? Right. It's a hassle. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, you know, certainly should not be the case. No, so. but I think, you know, if, um, if people are renting Airbnbs in the gated community, one of the key things in hospitality is managing guest expectations so that they're not disappointed. Right. And so if you're in a gated community and it's a hassle and it's a pain, um, I think using proper copy and managing expectations, you know, they did indicate that it was a gated community, but I didn't know what that meant. Right. Right. Like to me, it was like, oh, okay, it's safe. Um, but I think if we had read something about how if if you don't have a car, it's not the best place to stay or whatever, like however they would have managed our expectations better, I think we would have had a better stay. And again, it's these little things. It's not, mm -hmm. a, it's not a huge deal, but it's these little things that make us all better and that we learn from. And so that's why we wanted to share it with you. Please don't think that we're like complaining. We had a great time and right. everything was fine. Right. Everything was fine. Um, and I guess for me, just I would love... Um, it, it, it was 
really the only time, this was kind of the only stay when it literally crossed my mind, I, I wish we had stayed in a hotel rather than an Airbnb. Right. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, we've had a string of Airbnb <laughs> situations down here in Miami and uh, West Palm and so on. And I don't know whether it's Florida or just, I don't know. But yeah. we left um, that Airbnb and we checked into another one to meet with Charles and film yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't even find it. It was really hard to find. It was a great right. Airbnb and the design and the decor were beautiful, which is why we picked it to beautiful. film in it. Uh, so we couldn't find it and that was kind of a hassle. But then when we did, in fact, find it, it turned out that the road was being dug up and repaired and the sidewalk and construction. And that's no way to film videos or podcasts. So then we had to check out. And now we've moved to the Ritz-Carlton here on Singer Island. And, you know, it's a nice building. It's a little bit, um, I would say, dated, perhaps. And the unit that we're in, it's clear that these are like absentee hosts and it's managed by somebody. Um, But, you know, again, like... We're sitting on these chairs, and for those of you that are watching, you can see they're light colors, they're beige, um, and they've all got major stains. Like, I don't know who's doing what here. Um, some of them have, like, holes, you know, it's threadbare. Like missing of the mouth situation. Well, I don't know, but, but the point is, is, if somebody lived here, if this was somebody's home, right. this wouldn't exist, right? Totally. And all the artwork Absolutely. is outdated and the Absolutely. fake flowers, and it's right. just, it's really, it feels like it's a little bit empty. It feels like it's kind of... Um, a business, but not one that's cared for. Just sort right. of like, you know, it meets the criteria, it rents, but nobody's actually really paying close attention. Right. And so that's we, like the state of affairs in Airbnb, right. right? So for those of us that actually do care and that do pay attention and will invest in replacement furniture and so on and so forth, right. the opportunity is amazing. Well, it also just made me think, um, how don't our guests must be when they open the door to our place <laughs> in Jackson. <laughs> I mean, because I feel like there is so much um, warmth and love and sense of home and um, comfort and belonging and convenience that um, it's, I, I now really understand why we get the reviews that we, that we do because I think... Um, I think so many of those boxes are checked. So yeah, well, I makes think me that, really, that, I'm proud of that. As well, you should be. And I think that the, the key thing and the takeaway for people listening is to make sure that your properties do have that warmth and that lived in hospitality soul, and right. soul. And it's not just empty and vapid and just, you know, people can tell. It's kind of like a company culture. You can walk into a company and within a second, you know whether people are happy and thrilled to be there Absolutely. or they're just going through the motions. And it's the right. same thing. When you walk into an Airbnb, you know immediately whether it's like just uh, set it and forget it and ignore right. and like nobody's doing anything and no one's paying attention. And yeah, it might be spotless, right? right? Like the cleaning team comes in and it's spotless like this place. Um, but, you know, is the cleaning team telling them that the blackout shade only goes halfway down and it doesn't go below that and the stains are everywhere and the threadbare or they their eyes and ears and saying hey we need to invest in new furniture new fabric and perhaps they are maybe the cleaning team is and whoever the owner is is just kind of like well i'm not investing in it like whatever it's on autopilot do you recall when we went to um when we went to visit that office of the branding company of course in portland amazing oh my gosh like literally we got out of the elevator we and the doors open and you could just tell every single employee that was there wanted to be there like they were busy i mean they weren't like off you know chatting or you know being unproductive but you could tell that they were all inspired fired up wanted to be there and that every single corner of that office had was full of life yeah it was amazing it was great it was um and i just um yeah i think if you can accomplish that as a host you're all set (laughs) it's completely true right and it's a little bit more challenging when you're a remote host right you're entrusting in people but that's no excuse right like all of these homes hotels and so on have remote people it's not you know these so it can be done right um so what do you think? Do you have some news that you'd like to talk about? I mean, we could keep going forever, <laughs> but we got to save Let some of it for the this. next one. Let me ask you. I mean, is there so is there anything that we haven't discussed that you feel like, you know, Airbnb of the Airbnbs or the hotels that we visited that there were that there are any I don't know, 
takeaways or learning opportunities or anything that, um, you know, from a critical eye that you wanted to speak to? Yeah, I just think that, um, you know, I've traveled the world and I've stayed at many five-star hotels. And when I was in the hedge fund world, we really didn't have um, budgets. We really had, we were optimizing for something else and it was convenience and comfort and luxury. And so we spent an awful lot of money on, on travel. And there I got accustomed to luxury being um, standard and hospitality being standard and staying at the best hotels. And that was just sort of the level. And what I'm realizing now is that um, it's not the luxury component of it. It's like all the little things that we just drill down on, like managing expectations and setting those properly and making sure that there's no stains and threadbare and that it's not a gated community and all of these little things like the attention to mm -hmm. detail that nobody would point their finger on and be like, that's important right. in hospitality. Right. But all those little things, like if you think about it, that's love and caring and that's what you would expect, you know, from a loved one or, or right. whatever, right? And, right? and not just like an empty vessel, right? right? Not just like you walk in and it's Four not cared walls. for. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And so I think what's happening is in, in 2020 and beyond, there's going to be a real shift. Right. People are going to become more educated about what makes a good Airbnb beyond just the reviews and mm -hmm. beyond the thumbnails. Um, over time, we'll start to see things in the reviews where people are um, not nitpicky, but just expressing a different level of um, satisfaction or dissatisfaction. Um, and I just think it's really early days, so we haven't really seen it. There's been a lot of money to be made. And you could have just a plain vanilla whatever that's overlooked and, right. and do well because people didn't have very high standards or expectations. But right. as prices keep bumping up and we're using things like dynamic pricing, you know, we're approaching prices that rival top hotels. Mm -hmm. And it's not long before people say what you said earlier, which is like, I would rather be in a hotel than be in that Airbnb. Right. Right. Like right now people are doing the Airbnb thing either because it's more convenient or budgetary reasons, or they've got big groups or there's a variety of reasons that Airbnbs work mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. But I think the next level of hospitality in the Airbnb space is to earn what you're charging. Right. It's no longer like just borrow my house and take it. It's like my house is very well equipped and stocked and prepared and ready for you just like it would be ready for me. Right. And you should expect the same. Right. So I think that evolution will happen on a go forward basis. And I'm excited to like help promote it Absolutely. through our channel and our hosts. And we have the best people on the planet, the best hosts on the planet following us. And so let's go friends. Absolutely. Rock and roll. So that's my overall theme is that I think there's a mismatch between the quality of the uh, locations and the homes and the things that are photographed. Uh, because behind that, not all hosts are providing, and maybe, maybe they don't know, um, but they're not providing that level of service that I think the dollars they're charging command. Right. So I'm actually going to use that as a jumping off point um, because it was just, I read in the news that Airbnb is kind of moving into some hotel space. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, so um, Airbnb bought Hotel Tonight, right? Uh, which is an app that I've used in the past, and I like it a lot. I can't really tell if there are specials, but it's supposed to be like last-minute booking, you know, in the last couple of days, um, where extra inventory gets offloaded onto right. Hotel Tonight, and travelers can save a lot of money. Right. So I've used it historically. I've always questioned whether like there's great deals or not. I know that they slash out the amount and so on, but I still kind of think it's not, <laughs> it's probably not as great a deal as right. one's led to believe. Uh, but what was really interesting is when we were looking for the Airbnb that we're sitting in right now, as we were scrolling through, um, I noticed that between, and this is the first time I'd seen it, between Airbnb listings, right. there was a little sidebar running horizontally that said, boutique hotels and those you could scroll you know left to right as opposed to up down right and you could see the hotel tonight boutique hotels and so it's kind of like what booking.com if you watch the video does uh, that i filmed on youtube 
where booking.com will show all of the different hotels. And then within those listings, just like randomly, you'll see an Airbnb. Yeah. Now you're on Airbnb and randomly you'll see boutique hotels. So right. like, there's definitely a confluence and a merger and the lines are getting blurry. And that's why I'm saying it's going to be even more important for hosts to really understand hospitality and really know how to welcome people and know how to take care of their place. Because like, we're now competing with hotels head on, right? right. Both booking.com and airbnb.com right. are displaying Airbnbs or booking.com, Airbnbs, whatever, right. right next to hotels. Right. And so the end user, the guest, is sort of like indifferent, but guess what? They're not indifferent in their quality standards. Right. Right? Like we're now on the even playing field, so we better man up. Right. And then um, they're actually building. So I guess Airbnb is partnering with New Guard Development Group. Right. And they're um, going to open a 48-story tower in Miami called the Nativo. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it's going to feature, I guess, 412 condos and 192 hotel rooms, all of which will be listed and rented out via Airbnb. Very interesting. And I mean, I wish them the absolute best. We stayed in the uh, Nido in Nashville, and I think that there was definitely some room for improvement in making something feel, you know, hospitable and right. cozy. And that kind of felt really empty and soulless. We reviewed that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Miami, it's kind of an interesting place to open up next. As far as I know for, about Miami real estate and certainly Miami uh, lodging and hospitality is like there's way more supply right. than need be, right? We're leaving here. Uh, West Palm, and we're going to the Fountain Blue tomorrow in Miami, mm -hmm. and it's like practically free. I mean, right. I don't, it's not actually practically free, but <laughs> it's less expensive than this Airbnb, yeah. for instance, right? And we're right. staying at a really nice major resort where I'm sure the hospitality is solid. Right. Um, and so I just think that there's a, a interesting place to open up, and I wish them nothing but the best, but, you know, 600 more units in Miami. I'm not sure Miami's screaming for that. I bet they have 6,000 excess empty units, mm -hmm. um, but it's their development and their partnership and who am I to, to know any better than that? Well, and it just, and I think more than anything, it just goes to show that Airbnb is, is venturing out, you know, and kind of spreading its wings and seeing, I mean, kind of, I, I don't want to say throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, I think they know, you know, no, no, but, but works, you know what, I think it just goes to show that it's a really disruptive business, right? Uh, really emerging technology and changing consumer behavior. And so like any, you know, you talked about a child throwing spaghetti, like a toddler, like a 10 year old, right. a 10 year old uh, adolescent, mm -hmm. they walk and then they run and then they play soccer and right. now they're on a horse and then they're doing cross country skiing and then right. they're doing downhill. Like they're trying all sorts of stuff. They're right. not just like, oh great, I can walk and like that's enough. Right. Airbnbs to your point, stretching their wings and like, does it work in this vertical? 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 And if the answer is yes, it works in most of those verticals, which I believe it does, mm -hmm. then they're going to keep going until they find out it doesn't work in that one. It doesn't work in that one, right? So they'll keep going until they have to take a step or two back. And then I hope it doesn't dampen or kill their innovation. But right. consumer behavior has been disrupted forever and people are going to start to you know, think of Airbnbs and hotels as one and the same, and that's why our hospitality standards must increase. Um, and yeah, they're they're investing in a lot of different things. They're doing corporate housing. We talked right. about. Right. We just filmed a video on Zeus Living. So mm -hmm. they're really busy and active as well. They should be. They've got billions of dollars in cash. They're about right. to go public next year. Um, so like, they better do a bunch of different things if they need. They need to keep this growth rate going, and I think they're doing everything in their power to do so. Right. So. To that point, I mean, if Airbnb themselves are diversifying, so should Airbnb hosts. Wow, what a great message. I couldn't agree anymore. <laughs> Look, I think um, you want to diversify across platforms. You want to diversify geographically. You want to diversify everything away. And the reason uh, we filmed a really interesting video today discussing about risk, so many people and talking heads and people that are in different I don't know, chat rooms and channels and so on and so forth, really love to promote and hype and talk about returns. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I understand why that's sexy and it's glamorous and that's what gets you the Lamborghinis or whatever. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> there's another side of the coin. And right. I think the really smart investors, the really educated um, hosts and so on, put it in context. And the way that you put it in context is you start with risk and you measure per unit of risk and then you measure the return output 
based on risk. So it's a risk-adjusted return. And if you're not listening to people discuss risk, I encourage you to listen to people, uh, different people, people that talk about risk, because we're very long in the economic cycle here, uh, which generally means that recession is next or winter is coming. And um, if you're just chasing historic returns at the top of the market cycle, history shows that that's not a smart bet. So start to think about risk, friends. That's really important. Everything that you look at, whether it's stocks, bonds, crypto, real estate, short-term rentals, long-term rentals, needs to have a component of risk measurement, and that comes before the return. So like to give you an example, and I said this on the YouTube video, but if I told you you could earn $10,000 uh, for this task, mm -hmm. $10,000 is really wonderful. It's a lot of money, right? Sure. But if the task took 10,000 hours right. and it was $1 an hour, you would feel one way. Right. But if the same $10,000 was earned in one minute, you'd feel very differently. Right. Right. Yet so many people talk about the returns of the long-term market or the short-term market or stocks, and there's no mention of risk. Right. And I'm just cautioning people, be really careful who you listen to, make sure you pick your mentors correctly. And if people aren't discussing risk, you might want to find a new group of people that are aligned more carefully with like long-term sustainable investing, responsible investing, because long-term wealth requires a long runway. Right. You can't, you know, this isn't get rich quick, it's get rich with certainty. Um, and the way you get rich with certainty is long-term and risk measurement and taking risk-adjusted calculated bets. Um, so anyway, yes, they're spreading their wings and trying all sorts of things and we should diversify too. Yeah. Well, I think from an investment standpoint, I'll just continue to listen and be taught by you. Oh, okay. <laughs> sounds good. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's take a question from uh, one of our inquiring minds. Absolutely, let's do this. Awesome. Hey, this is Charles from Portland, Oregon. I have started my Airbnb in 2016, and it has done very well in 2016 and 17. In 18, I have less uh, bookings. 19, uh, a little less. Uh, looking at December of 2019, we have only one booking, and it's so different from the last two, three years. Um, I am a super host. We are a super host. We have a theme for the house. We have 165 five stars reviews. We have followed every uh, advice out there for creating a brand and creating a theme for our home. But it seems like the competition is furious in the Portland, uh, Oregon area. Um, any advice on how to? proceed from here like I said we have done all of uh, of the heavy lifting of creating a theme and getting five-star reviews pricing uh, you know uh, is good and it's we use dynamic pricing we have used professional photographers I mean we have done everything by the book we had a great history with many guests over uh, over so 17, 18, and 19. We have 165 reviews, all five stars. So uh, the question is, is anything else we could do? This is the slowest December since 2016, and we don't know why. Thank you so much. Appreciate the podcast, appreciate you guys, and I appreciate all the teaching that Richard been uh, uh, giving to us. I follow your emails and YouTubes very closely, and I enjoy it all, and I thank you so much again. Bye-bye. 
Wow. Well, thank you for that. Um, and it does sound like you're following very carefully and closely, and I really appreciate that. Um, a couple of thoughts. I don't have enough information to actually drill down too carefully, but a couple of top-level thoughts are, um, the first one, I want to make sure you're diversified on more than one platform, right? So if you're only on Airbnb and it sounded like you have 165 five-star reviews, it's quite possible. And these are the kind of things that happen that there's been an algorithm search change or you're being left behind for some reason. If you're solely dependent on one platform, you're completely beholden to them. So I would encourage you to get on a second platform. If you're already on two, I would encourage you to get on a third platform. And then ultimately, we're about to renounce our... Um, website hosting tool, ultimately you want to be freed of these algorithms, you want to be freed of other people's reviews and so on, and create and own your own business. So I encourage you to create your own website. If you want to use ours, it's literally the easiest thing in the world. You click one click and you have a most beautiful website that you can be proud of and change the URL to anything you want, consistent with your theme, assuming that that URL is available, that domain name. Um, so one, I commend you for doing all of that. Um, two, I think you need to diversify onto more platforms. Three, I encourage you to get your own website. Uh, and now a couple of other questions that come to my mind just as I listen to this. You know, it's really, it's amazing that you have a brand and a theme, but just because you have a brand and a theme doesn't mean it resonates. So it's quite possible, um, though I'm sure you did it quite right, that it's not resonating. You know, maybe you've got a, a theme that's not appropriate for your neighborhood or for Portland, Oregon, or why people are coming there. So creating a brand and a theme is wonderful, but we've all seen brands that fail for one reason or another. It doesn't resonate with the audience. So um, you might have to tweak that a little bit. You might have to redesign it. You might have to make it more evident, or you might have to make it less evident. It could be too bold. It could be not bold enough. So um, creating the brand is a great start, but now is where the work really occurs. And then the final thing that comes to my mind is it's fantastic that you're using dynamic pricing. That is definitely a best practice, and that's increased my business and many hosts between 30 and 70 percent. Um, but like anything else, it has to be used properly. So dynamic hosting, uh, dynamic pricing that I use is beyond pricing, and we should include a link so that if people want to get started on it, it'll actually pay us a little bit, and I'd really appreciate that, mm -hmm. help offset some of our costs in production and so on. But beyond pricing, the way it works, and it's the only one I've ever used, so I can't speak intelligently about others, but it gives you a health score. So even though it dynamically adjusts my price every single day, I'm looking at the health score of my listings to make sure it's not too low. If my health score is too low, then I need to lower my base price so that it's adjusting the prices up and down every single day off of the correct base price. So to give you an example, and it's a ridiculous example, but it'll make a point. If I was using dynamic pricing and I put my base price at a million dollars, it could adjust the price up to a million one and the price lower to 900,000. But like I would get no bookings. I'm just way off the market. I'm sitting way high above the market. And so even though it's going up and down every single day, I'm not competitive. Uh, the flip side is if you had a health score of 100 and you were pricing your base price at a dollar, it might list you, you know, it'll probably never go below a dollar and it might take you as high as 100, but you might be booked 100% of the time because $100 at the max that beyond pricing would um, surge price you, if you will, um, is still below the market. So Using dynamic pricing is really important and it's a great start, but knowing how to use it and using it intelligently and properly is more important than using dynamic pricing uh, overall. So one tip that I would suggest is you should not be using your base price based on what you believe the place is worth. The base price, in my opinion, is a random number that you play with with the health score and then you optimize the health score. You want to see your health score uh, 75 to 85 or 90. Uh, you should do really well. You should get plenty of bookings if your health score is in the 75 to 90 or higher range. And basically what that is is a forward-looking comparison of your unit versus other comparable units uh, and the number of supply of units that are available versus the number that are booked. So you want to use the math, but it's, it's important that you use it correctly. Do you have any thoughts, sweetie? I mean, I, I don't actually. I was really struggling <laughs> when I was listening to his question because I didn't know how I would ad advise him. Um, but I mean, I think, you know, the, the, 
the points that you brought up and the things that, um, you know, obviously without having a picture looking at the property, I mean, yeah, I would encourage you, um, send me an email, yeah. send it to uh, richard at str.university with your listing and I'd be happy to take a look at it. So thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. Uh, you should be having more competition in 2019. I've been saying that for a long time, but your business should be strong and thriving. If you're a super host with 165 five-star reviews, that tells me all I need to know. You know what it is that you're doing. You're listening right. to all the teachings and you're taking action. You're using everything uh, properly. But in the face of competition, this is when we really need to take every single little thing and examine it really carefully. Uh, like I said before, and you've heard me teach this time and time again, what worked in the past won't work in the future. So you had a really right. good 2016, 2017 and 2018 right. were really strong. 2019, now we're struggling. Right. This is exactly the case in point that I'm teaching about, right? We right. need to do things differently on a go forward basis. The good news is the people that are listening to this podcast and have been with us for the last, I don't know, 45 minutes or so right. um, are the people that are learning and growing and are going to be at the forefront of the opportunity set. The people that aren't and are resting on their laurels, well, we're going to eat their lunch. <laughs> totally. And I hope that, I hope he does uh, take you up on your offer. I hope he does email and I hope that we're able to help. So yeah, and I'm thank just, you so much for taking the time to call in. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Should we do one more? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do one more. Okay. Hi there, Christian and Erica. My name is Alan from Las Vegas, Nevada. I had a question about how do you pick a property? Um, how do you pick a property? Do you pick a, 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 um, a, a property that needs some repair work? Do you, do you pick a, a property that is moving ready? Uh, and also, how do you know if the property that you pick for purchasing, if it should be a long-term rental or if it's better suited to be a short-term rental? Thank you so much. Great question, Alan. Um, in fact, we just finished two live events in Nashville uh, earlier in August, and then we did it again in Miami in, in November, and we walked people through sort of what I call my future-proof framework and methodology to make sure that we're always investing on a forward-looking opportunity set as opposed to just measuring historic returns, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're a sophisticated, um, knowledgeable investor, you take a look in the rearview mirror, you look backward a little bit just to get a sense for what's happened, mm -hmm. but oftentimes that's more scary than it is like I want to chase and continue to chase those returns. Um, it's more scary to most people to look forward and make a calculated bet. Uh, but that's really where the opportunity set is. And if you get a place that has a long runway where people continue to come and they're drawn there for a reason, whether it's a, a natural, you know, beautiful uh, location or a historic location or, I don't know, there's uh, concerts or reasons that people come to places, mm -hmm. that's a really good bet. I always encourage you to make sure that it's legal first. Um, and absence of law does not make it legal. It just means it hasn't been ruled on. So look for places where there are regulations and look for places that are already taxed. Um, and then in, in Nashville and in Miami, I teach, um, if you're early to the investment space and it sounds like you are based on your question, then I don't encourage you to buy a fixer upper. You're going to have plenty to do. Um, try and find a place that's a little bit more turnkey. Maybe it needs a fresh coat of paint, but you don't want to get into a, a repair job and you run the chance of, you know, things running over budget or delays or contractors leaning you. So try and get started in a way that has a little right. more, yeah, that has a little bit more um, ease to it and you don't want to burn out before you get started. Um, we do have a course that we filmed using uh, a lot of the same methodology. We teach you all of the analytics and we teach you how I look at things and the opportunity set, a little bit about the future-proof framework. Um, it's a course that's coming out. Uh, I'm not sure when we're going to release it, probably in Q1 of 2020. So I would encourage you to um, go to our website. And if you're not on the email list, get on the email list because that's how we'll announce it all. And we love nothing more than to help you get started and, and realize the opportunity ahead of you and reach your goals and dreams. And it totally can be done. But if you don't um, watch the course or anything, I would just encourage you to find the right location where it's legal. Try not to get a fixer up or try to get a place that's a little bit more turnkey. And then whether it's a long-term rental or short-term rental, and uh, almost all of the locations that I've looked at, it's better to go short-term rental than long-term. And we're currently seeing rates of return of about two times to three times higher by taking 
vacancy risk. See, once again, we're talking about risk. The way that the market works uh, is people like consistency, people like certainty, and therefore people like long-term tenants because they know on the first of the month, assuming that there's a credit-worthy tenant in there, they're just going to get paid. So it takes all the guesswork out, takes all the volatility out, they know what to do, they know how to plan. Um, when you go to short-term rentals, you don't have that visibility, you don't have that certainty, you have the exact opposite. You have uncertainty. How much occupancy will there be? or said differently, how much vacancy will there be? So it's just unknown. So therefore, um, the market will put a premium. You'll have to make more money to be in the short-term rental space than the long-term rental space, uh, and then we'll get compensated more. Mm -hmm. Right now, it is my belief that we're being overly compensated for the risks that we're taking because the market thinks there's more risk than there is. There's actually less risk. And I could also make arguments for why the short-term rental market should trade to a discount to the long-term rental. You have much more flexibility. You can use it when you want. You can list it one year and take it off the next year. If you're doing really well in your job and you don't want to list it, you can just stop listing it. When you have a long-term tenant in there, the tenant has rights and you have to honor the, the, um, the lease. And so there's actually much less flexibility. Well, and I would also say, I mean, don't you think there's more wear and tear? Yeah, I mean, when there's long-term tenants and there's more wear and tear, generally speaking, you'll have people living there 365 days a year. And right. uh, the way that I teach short-term rentals, I like to have occupancy of about 75%, which means 25% of the time it's vacant. And 25% of the time it's vacant, you're doing repair work. Uh, between guests staying, you have a professional cleaning team coming right. in and like right. looking at what's going on. When you have a long-term tenant, you're not allowed in that house and they may not, never clean it at all. Right. I used to have long-term tenants in a... Um, brownstone in Brooklyn and we had unfortunately bad tenants it was sort of like a playing the uh, appreciation of the market and trying to improve it and get better tenants in there and so on but we would, would deliver them a brand new beautifully renovated uh, apartment and 12 months later you couldn't even recognize it and it just required thousands of dollars worth of work well beyond oh. their security deposit right. and like it talk about burnout you know so we burned sad. out and we ended right. up selling the building we couldn't collect the rent that much and we had so much wear and tear and damage right. and we were losing money it just made no sense we had no way to hold on to it it wasn't connected to our why and so we ended up selling it at a loss and we were correct on the investment thesis because the market continued to appreciate and it's probably worth two to three times what we sold it for you know not 10 years later right um so my point is short-term rentals has a lot of really amazing things that would normally bring down the rate of return that investors would require. But here we are with less risk, all these amazing features, and we're being overly compensated. So uh, it's a long-winded way of saying, I think you'll do better on the short-term rental side than you would in the long-term rental side. Right. But either way, the message here is a resounding get started. Right. Right? Like right. just get started. Mm -hmm. And I would also say that it's also... For me, it's important to have a connection or have a desire to be wherever it is that you, wherever it is that you're looking to, you know, purchase an STR. So, for example, um, I mean, obviously, we we love Jackson. That's an area in which we love spending time. So we want to invest in that community, and we can really speak to and get excited about and really invest in that property. Same with you know, the OBX um, in, in uh, North Carolina. And, um, you know, I mean, I think that it has, the it area has to, has connect to, to your why. absolutely, right? it has to speak to you. It has to connect to your why. It has to be in alignment with your why and feed your why and grow your why. And um, because otherwise, just like any other, just like any other business, right? Um, if there's no connection, if there's no heartstrings, if there's no depth to it, then, what turns you're not the lights gonna, on? Yeah, you're not going to hold on to it for <laughs> right. the period of time required to generate the kind of returns that real estate can. So right. it's right. really important. That's why we teach to start with your why. Right. But thank you so much for that Absolutely. call. Absolutely. Great really question. Great question. Again, um, 
go to the website www.str.university mm -hmm. register for emails if you're not in the email yes. list because that's how and where we will announce and they're the course. so good and by the way the course <laughs> the course is already made it's already right. edited it's good to go it's just a a timing thing we have a lot of things coming down the pike and so if this was something that you were really interested in right now i'm sure we could get you an advanced copy because we do want to help yes so i don't want you waiting and making a mistake i'd like to see you do this properly absolutely, absolutely. all right well i think this has been a great episode <laughs> i mean i could speak to you all night <laughs> well, we gotta call it a wrap <laughs> yeah let's call it a wrap and we'll do the next podcast <laughs> all right sounds good well thank you so much for your time and your insight and your knowledge and um everything you Thank you for everything you. Well, thank you for everything you, and also thank Charles, everything yes. Charles. Look at him, you can turn this way. There he is, the man on the mic with the cameras. We got rigs galore. I don't I know. Mean, like, wow. I'm about to pay a small fortune for my child to go to college. Yes. It's a good thing Charles doesn't have any college <laughs> because he's got like all this rig and equipment. But thank you very much for upgrading. And uh, guys, if you love the, the video quality. He's put in a 12 hour day. He's put in a 13 hour day. That's amazing. And he's getting on an airplane first thing in the morning. I mean... 5.30 a.m. he's out. Yeah, we're pretty pretty fortunate. Very fortunate. So STR community, give Charles some love. Yes. All right. Well, yes. thank you, Erica. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, STRU community. And stay tuned. We've got more podcasts every Wednesday coming out. Yes. Go get on our uh, email list and uh, register for the Host Saver tool one-click website, yes. this course. I mean, just so many things coming down and I'm incredibly grateful for my team and your attention, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, have a good one. Good night. Bye. Bye. So that does it for another episode of the STRU Podcast. As always, all links mentioned are in the show notes below. If you're serious about short-term rental investing, be sure to check out str.university. Till next time.